Hey guys, I'm Pastor Jason Shirley. I'm the associate pastor right here at Word of Life Church in Carlsbad, New Mexico. And I'm really excited that you have joined us today online. Just a couple of things. I want you to drop us a line if you're watching wherever in the world and let us know where you're watching from. We would love to hear from you. Second, if you want to partner with us today in a financial way, then you can give by texting 84321 and just text your amount, or you can go to our website, wolcarlsbad.com, and you can click the Give tab and give that way. The last thing today is that if you have any needs or anything like that that we can partner with you on, then drop us a line and send us that, and we're going to partner with you in prayer. I believe today is going to be a wonderful day. I want you to open up your heart to receive from the Word of God today and always remember that God is madly in love with you. Let's get to the service. Amen. Well, let me just say this. We have been digging into some things, and uh, uh, I am so excited about what God's been revealing to me out of the book of Hebrews. And... uh, you know, today we're really not going to go to Hebrews um, much, if at all, but uh, we're going to lead into some things that really began, um, God began to speak to me out of the book of Hebrews, and uh, uh, he, he began to talk to me about going on to perfection. And I uh, started out, the Lord had me in Hebrews chapter 5. And it, it talks about growing up and maturing, and it says um, that strong meat or strong food belongs to those who are of full age, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern good and evil. And so... What the Lord began to speak to me out of that was there, there is a place in our lives. Now, I've been preaching for 10 years now on this gospel of grace, or approximately 10 years. And in this gospel of grace, we learned some things. We learned that what we have as believers is because of the grace of God, not because of our own self-effort. Anybody got that part? All right? Uh, So if we've got that part, now here's where we messed, here's where some have, have, have missed it. They thought that that meant, well, we're not under the law, so that means I don't need to keep the law. What it means is that there becomes a different reason. You realize the Old Testament, Old, Old Covenant, Actions and new covenant actions sometimes are the same action, but the reason for them is different. Now, let me explain what I mean by that. Thou shalt not steal, for instance. Well, under the old covenant, I didn't steal because the law said thou shalt not steal. Under the new covenant, I don't steal from you because I love you. And if I love you, I won't steal from you. 
So the action is the same, but the reason for it is different. Praise God. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Well, I don't commit adultery. Now, I mean, it's, but it's not because the law says you shall not commit adultery. If I were under the old covenant, that would be the reason. But under a new covenant relationship with God, I don't commit adultery because the love of God has been shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Spirit, and I love my wife. So therefore, I don't commit adultery. Praise God. So love becomes the motivation for everything. Praise God. And when we grasp that and when we understand that, see, he says this. He says that um, those who are of full age, he says their senses tell them the difference between right and wrong. This is why you don't need to have the law preached to you every week. Now, the law was given to bring us to Christ, but what happened when you received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior? God, in the person of the Holy Spirit, moved on the inside of you. Praise God. So, on the inside of you, you have the Spirit of God that tells you this is right and this is wrong. Praise God. Praise God. And, and, and you see, when, when we're trying to keep the law, when we're trying by our self-effort to keep the law, we will never be able to measure up. Praise God. This is why I, I, I say this. Grace is not how you get away with sin. Grace is how you get away from sin. Praise God. Grace is the power that empowers you to overcome sin because your senses tell you what's right and wrong. And then he goes on and he begins to talk about the foundation that we lay. In chapter 6 of Hebrews, he says, you know, let us not lay again the foundation of repentance from dead works. By the way, dead works is not your sins. You know, I read that for many years, thinking dead works, that, well, that's, that's, my, that's my wrong deeds. That's, that's my sins. So I've got to repent of my sins. And many people think that that's what he's talking about there. He's not talking about your sins. Dead works, the word dead means it is void of power. And what is works void of? Works done according to the law are void of power to make you righteous. They, are, they have no power whatsoever to change your life. They have no power whatsoever to make you in right standing with God. Praise God. So, he says, repent, change your mind about your dead works. You've been trying by your works to please God. And he says, those works that you've been trying to do in an effort to please God, those are dead. They are void of power 
to achieve the desired result. Praise God. And then he says, you, what do you change your mind from, but what do you change your mind to? You change your mind to faith toward God. Praise God. Jesus went about preaching this message. Jesus said, he said, repent and believe the gospel. The word gospel is good news. So he says, change your mind about what you've been believing and start believing the good news. You see, because the people he was talking to in that time, they were all under law. They were all under law. And he says, stop believing that you can please God by your good works, by keeping the law, and start believing the good news that Jesus fulfilled the law on your behalf. Praise God. Praise God. And now he says, you know, we got to, don't lay that foundation again of, see, we don't even need to go back now. And I mean, it, he wants us to move beyond this point that we're having to reestablish this point all the time, all the time, all the time. Now, we got to do it until people get it. But there comes a time when you should get it. See, and he says that some of you ought to be teachers by now. But yet you're still needing the milk. You're still needing that foundation to be established again. Praise God. Let, but until you get the foundation established, he said, you cannot move on to maturity. This is why the church has been immature. This is why the church... Now, there will always be immature people in the church. And the reason that is true is because if the church is doing its job, we're going to be bringing in new people that know nothing about this. So we've got to start and we've got to bring them up to speed. But let, let me just say that... When new people come into a church, you know, if, if I'm in a new congregation that I've never been a part of before, I'm in a new congregation, I look around to see what the people that are, you know, what the, what the old timers are doing. That's how I know what's acceptable, you know. I, I don't rely on everything to be taught from the pulpit all the time. You see, because we can't start over every week and teach everything from the very beginning all, uh, every time. So we've got to be able to move along. But what do you do? You go in and you look around and you see, well, I mean, if I'm in worship service and I want to know, is it okay for me to lift my hands in this church? Well, I'm going to look and see if there are people lifting their hands. I'm not going to be the first one, you know. I'm going to look around and see. Well, if I see other people with their hands lifted and that seems to be going over okay, then I'll lift my hands as well. You know, is it okay for me to say amen when the pastor makes a good point? Well, how do I know if that's okay if I'm in a new crowd, you know? Well, did I hear somebody else say amen real loud, you know? Did I, I remember that I, many years ago, 
I walked into a church for the first time, and I saw praise and worship where people were dancing before the Lord. I'd never seen that before. And I didn't warm up to that immediately. It took me a little bit of time, you know. But I looked around to see if that's okay. You know, I saw people doing that and said, oh, okay, that must be acceptable in this church. All right? So it goes to show that, that we learn from, so if you're, our, if you're our regulars, if you're here on a regular basis, you know, I, I hear people say this. I've heard people say, well, why don't we sing in the Spirit? I got to ask, so why don't you? If you're a new person, I know why you don't. But if you're one of the regulars here, you know that's okay. So do it. If you want it done, do it. Don't wait for somebody from the platform to say, let's do this. Okay? I'm talking, we're digging into some stuff here today. We're talking about growing up. Growing up. Don't wait for everything to be prompted from the platform. If you're a regular, you know what's acceptable here and what's not. And so, if you want to do it, you know, I, heard, I had someone not too long ago get mad at me because we weren't singing in the Spirit. And this person had been in this church for years, many years. And I said, if you want to sing in the Spirit, sing in the Spirit. You know it's okay. You know? So, so let's do it. Praise God. Praise God. So, you know, it's, it's time we grow up. Praise God. And, and begin to live what we believe. Praise God. Praise God. Now, one of the very first things that I began to learn... When I can't, I don't have COVID, in case you didn't know. One of the things that, one of the things that, that I learned in the very early days when, when I came into Word of Faith charismatic circles, one of the things that I learned was about the power of my tongue. And so we're talking about that today. Well, you know, this is not the traditional message on confession and the power of your tongue because we're going into some some stuff that that you know most of the messages that I heard on confession was you know how to get stuff how to confess big cars and how to confess uh you know how to and, and we were called back in those days we were called the name it claim it bunch and the reason we were called that is because that's what we were running around doing all the time. You know, we, we would run around, oh, well, I claim this, I claim that. I, you know, and some of the stuff that, I, that we were claiming, thank God I never really bought into that too much. And so, uh, but, you know, I saw people claiming stuff that belonged to somebody else. You know. 
And they're naming it and claiming it. That's, I believe I received this. Well, that's nice if they want to give it to you, but otherwise, go get your own. <laughs> but, you know, uh, but there is, there is something valid to be said. There is a principle in God's Word about the words of our mouth. And we need to get this. Why? Because you are snared by the words of your mouth. Scripture says that. Snared by the words of your mouth. You realize that you can be snared in a good way or you can be snared in a bad way, depending on what you're saying. And, and, and so the words of your mouth let me, let me explain to you what I mean. How did you get saved? I heard it. Confession. You, you made a, well, not just a confession, but you believed what you said. That if you confess with your mouth, Romans 10, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. So you believed something first, and then you sealed it with the words of your mouth. Now, that, that's a powerful principle. And what we have in our life is, is uh, largely has to do with what we say all the time. Now, get this. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the love chapter, says... In verse 11, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. He didn't say I stopped speaking, understanding, and thinking. He says I stopped thinking like, or speaking like a child. I stopped understanding like a child, I start, stopped thinking like a child. And I started doing those three things. I continued to do those three things, but I began to do it in a grown-up, mature manner. Praise God. Praise God. Now, your words are an indicator. Jesus said, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. So, listen to what you're saying. Now, get this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 1, it says, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal. He said, in other words, Paul says, I had to do the baby talk thing with you. Because... You weren't mature enough yet to hear the adult conversations. Praise God. So I had to do baby talk with you. And he says, the sad thing is, I'm still having to do baby talk with you. Now, if we want to know what baby talk is, let's go back to what I've been talking about out of Hebrews. He said that, that I should be full-aged. So, therefore, I should not be requiring milk anymore. But now I should be receiving meat. I should be receiving solid food. Solid food belongs to those who are 
grown up, who are mature, who are by their uh, having, by, by use, they have exercised their senses to discern both good and evil. Now, it's really a sad thing when Christians give no consideration to the words there. They just say anything and everything, whatever comes to their mind. And they wear it as a badge of honor. Well, you won't ever wonder what I'm thinking. We don't. We know because you tell us. But but let's look at this. He says, I fed you with milk and not with solid food. For you, for until now, you were not able to receive it. And even now, you are still not able. Well, the Lord has instructed us to grow up. And he's been telling me, he said, we got to grow up as a church. Now, I'm not talking about the church universal, but we're getting real personal, all right? Because the church universal, yes, I believe God's doing the same thing all over the world, in churches all over the world. But I'm talking real personal. I'm talking about this church right here. I'm talking about those who hear my voice. Some of you don't come to church because you haven't grown up. Some of you that are watching online right now, you need to grow up and you need because you can't get along with the people in the church. That's why you don't come. Now, that, that gets real pointed and real straight to the point, but I've got a commission from the Lord to tell you it's time for you to grow up. And the people within the church. I preached a sermon. No, I'm not even going to say that because I shouldn't. Yeah. Well, no, no, because I'm going to reveal something about someone, and you'll figure out who I'm talking about. So, so I'm not going to say it. Thank you, Lord, for putting a check on me on that. Yes, yes. See, I can't say everything crosses my mind either. All right? There are things that cross my mind when I'm standing up here that should not be said. Praise God. And that was one of those things. All right? And I got to learn when to, how to discern. Praise God. Yes. I, I think I passed. But uh, anyway, um, you know. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 3, he says, You are still carnal, for where there are, ooh, get this one, where there are, I want somebody else to say this right here. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 3. Everybody go there in your Bible. And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this up to this, and then I'm going to stop, and I want you to say the rest of it. Okay. Everybody ready? All right. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 3. For you are still carnal, for where there are Wow. Did you hear what you just said? 
You said it, not me. You know, he said, where there is envy and strife and divisions among you, are you not carnal? So look at yourself and see, am I contributing to envy, strife, and divisions? Because if your answer to that is yes, he's saying you're still carnal. And notice what he says, you are behaving like mere men. Mere men. Now, I, I told you out of Hebrews chapter 6 that he says the goal for us, he wants to bring us to a place where we uh, experience the powers of the world to come. What does that mean? The powers of the world to come. Jesus needed to feed a multitude of 20,000 people. He had five loaves of bread and two small fish. And he had to feed about 20,000 people. So what did he do? He broke the bread and he blessed it, gave thanks, and he fed the multitude. Jesus was at a wedding and they ran out of wine. And Jesus said, you know, fill up the water pots and bring them to me. And then he, he took the water pots and he gave them to the master of the feast. And he said, take this and have the, have, have the master of the, he gave it to the servants. He said, take this to the master of the feast, have him taste it. And he said, well, that's the best wine that we've had. Why don't you save the best to last? You know, so he needed to, he, he turned the water into wine. His disciples were out in the middle of the sea, and there was a storm coming up, and Jesus is on the land. He needs to get to his disciples. So Jesus goes walking to them on the water. That's powers of the age to come. That's what he's talking about. And he says, you cannot get there unless you grow up. You, God will not permit you to get to that place until you get all this foundational stuff right, until you quit being in envy and strife and divisions, until you stop behaving like mere men. Why? Because you are not a mere man. You are not a mere woman. God has created you in His image and in His likeness. Furthermore, He saved you for the purpose of getting to the powers of the age to come because the powers of the age to come are going to be necessary for us to reach this world. We will not get that. You say, why hasn't the church got this job done? Because we've been behaving like mere men. That's it. That's it. So we've got to examine ourselves. Are we behaving like mere men? Now, how do you know if you're in... If you're still carnal, where there is envy and strife and divisions, those things become revealed by what you're saying. Listen to what you're saying and be honest with yourself. You know, what's coming out of your mouth? Is it envy? Is it strife? 
If it, is it divi- uh, divisive? If it is, you're carnal. Because those things, that wisdom does not come from above. That wisdom comes out of the lust of your heart. Now, childish speech, envy, strife, divisions. Praise God. Now, verse number four, he says, For when one says, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? So in other words, you're dividing things. When one says, well, I'm a Republican, and another says, well, I'm a Democrat, the other one says, well, I'm neither one, I'm, I'm independent, I'm not saying you can't say what party you're affiliated with, but I'm saying when that becomes a divisive point. I'm saying that that is a major divisive point in our world today. And when Christians begin to participate in that kind of division, you see, you say, well, pastor, why don't you take a political stand? It's your job. No, it's not my job. My job is to preach the gospel of Jesus. My job is to tell you how to know, not to tell you what to know. My job is to teach you how to be led by the Spirit, not to tell you what the Spirit's leading to you to do. You've got to get this. It, it is not my job for me to tell you how to cast your vote. I'll tell you you should vote. I'm telling you that you have the, the right to vote, but I'm not going to tell you who you should vote for. Because you have a spirit on the inside of you that will tell you who to vote for. And you need to do what he says. Praise God. Praise God. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, let's jump to verse number 7. It says, so neither he who plants is anything. Paul, Paul says, you know, one plants another waters, God gives the increase. And he says, neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his own reward according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, you are God's building, According to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, for I have laid the foundation, and another builds on it, but let each one take heed how he builds on it. Praise God. He said, we've we've laid this foundation, now you start to build on this foundation, and he says, take heed to how you're building on this foundation. Praise God. See, because here's the thing. The writer of Hebrews said we shouldn't need to lay the foundation again. But you see, if you're 
if you're building with wood, hay, and stubble, here's what's going to happen. You're building with wood, hay, and stubble. In fact, let's go on and read verse 11. He says, For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, each one's work will be clear, for the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. And if anyone's work, which he has built on, uh, on it, endures, he will receive a reward. And if anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. Now, in Hebrews 6, we'll refer back to this again. We continue to read there in the sixth chapter of Hebrews. He talks about the, the land which, which the farmer has. He says it, take, it soaks in the rain. God sends down the rain from heaven. It soaks in the rain. He says, and, and it causes that land to produce something. He said, that, that land is, is producing something. He said, but if, if it's producing briars and thorns, he says, then it is good for nothing but to be burned. Now, we've read that for a long time, and we thought, well, the person who is bringing forth briars and thorns, well, they're going to burn in hell. But that's not what he said. He said, your works are going to be burned. Your works are going to be burned, just like he said right here in, Hebrew, uh, in 1 Corinthians 3. Your works are going to be burned. He said, you're going to suffer loss. He said, you'll be saved, but it will be as though by fire. Now, who wants to get into heaven, as they used to say, with the smell of smoke? Because everything you've done on this earth has been burned up. And you're going into heaven with nothing that survived the fire. But he said, let's build on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones that will survive the fire. If what you've been building on this foundation is wood, hay, and stubble, your works are going to be burned up. And when you stand before the Lord, you're going to smell like a fireplace. Because of what you've been building. Now, let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. Go to Ephesians chapter 4 with me. Verse number 13. We see in Ephesians chapter 4, and let's go to 11, not, not 13, 11. It says, And he himself gave some, he being Jesus, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying 
of the body of Christ. So he gave these five ministry gifts to edify or build up the body of Christ. Then in verse 13 he says, he, how, he tells us how long he gave these gifts to us for. He says, till we all come to the unity of the faith. Is it possible for us to be in the unity of the faith and have envy and strife and divisions among us? Can, can those two things exist? Can, can they coincide? No. If you've got envy and strife and divisions, then you can't be in the unity of the faith. Now, here he says, he has given these gifts to us until we all come to the unity of the faith, to the knowledge of the Son of God, to the perfect man. Talking about the same guy that Hebrews 6 is talking about. Let us go on to perfection. He's talking about the same person that Paul talked about in Corinthians when he talked about, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the mature, the full age, the person that's ready for strong meat. The per, you know, he's, he's talk, this is the same person here. And in Ephesians, he says, to the perfect man, and he tells us how we know the perfect man. To the measure of the stature of the fullness of, of Christ. Now, what did we talk about? The powers of the age to come. That is the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That's walking just as he walked. Praise God. Because that's where we're headed. Praise God. Praise God. We're preaching this, but not because we're there. We're preaching this because that's where we're going. Praise God. Praise God. And someone, uh, you know, somebody attacked me last week because I was preaching on maturity and they claimed we weren't mature. I said, wait a minute. And they suddenly changed the subject and went on. But, you know, but the thing is, I don't preach this because we're there. I preach this because it's where we're going. Praise God. I don't preach it because we're mature. I preach it because we need to hear it in order to be mature, in order to become mature, in order to grow up. Praise God. Praise God. I am the first one to acknowledge that you say, well, there shouldn't be strife and divisions and, you know, and all this and envy going on in the church. That's why we preach this. There shouldn't be. But you know what? Let's be honest. It is because when we're honest, then we can get it out. Praise God. And we get it out not by you judging the person that's sitting next to you and saying, well, they're immature. You know what? The fact that you said that says you're immature too. I'm not disputing the the. the the point you made about the person sitting next to you, but I'm saying that if you said that, you're immature too. So both of you need to grow up. Praise God. Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 13, till we all come to the unity of the faith, to the knowledge of the Son of God, 
How does the knowledge of the Son of God, how does this fit into it? As I gain knowledge of Him, I am being transformed into His image. Praise God. As I gain knowledge of Him. Praise God. Now, if I stand here week after week after week and I tell you everything is wrong with you, does that tell you anything about, does that increase your knowledge of Him? No, it increases your knowledge of you. So you don't ever change. But if you see Him, and see, I want to paint a picture of Him so that you can become what He is. Praise God. Praise God. Now, John chapter 11. Get this. Now, Martha's said to Jesus, remember Lazarus, Jesus has just gotten word that, that his friend Lazarus uh, is sick. And Jesus tells his disciples, he said, we're going to go there and uh, that we can wake him up. And uh, they said, well, if he's sleeping, then he must be doing pretty good. And Jesus said, no, you don't understand. He's not, he's not like taking a nap sleep. He's dead. So he tells them plainly, he's dead. He says, we're going to go there that we can wake him up. And then they, they, they changed and they said, oh, so we're going to go there so we can die with him. <laughs> no, guys, that's not what we're talking about. He said, we're going to go there and we're going to raise Lazarus from the dead. We're going to wake him up. And so he goes there and then in uh, verse number uh, 21, says, now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And then notice what she says. But even now I know that whatever you ask God, God will give you. Now, um, you know, Martha didn't say that just because she was hoping that was the case. No, she had actually seen this in action you know she had something to base her statement on she had experienced Jesus asking for things you know she might have been there when he fed the multitude she might have been there when he uh, you know turned the water into wine she might have been there when he you know and when he did all kinds of, uh, of signs and wonders, opened blind eyes and, and raised the lame to walk again, he, she might have been there, probably was. And she says, I know that whatever you ask God, God will give you. Now, that's powers of the age to come. Whatever you ask God, he will give you. Does that sound like a, if it be your will? You know, many people are praying, well, Lord, if it be your will, let this. You didn't ask him for anything. You just said, do what you want to do. He said, you, Jesus, whatever you ask God, God's going to give you. So, in other words, she was implying, you know, I, want, I really want you to ask God to give our brother back to us. 
but, but how did it come to this point? Whatever Jesus asked God, God gave him. God did for him whatever, whatever he asked. Can you say that with confidence? Whatever I ask God, he'll give me. Can you, can you say, I mean, Jesus didn't say that about himself, but he could have, you know. Can, can you honestly say whatever I ask God, he will give me? Now, let, let's look at, at another passage. Um, then in verse number uh, 23, Jesus said to her, your brother shall, will rise again. And then in verse 42, uh, notice here, Jesus is standing there at Lazarus' tomb, and he says, and I know you always hear me. I know, he's telling, Father, I thank you for hearing me. I know you always hear me. Can you say, Father, I know you always hear me. Now, John wrote this in 1 John chapter 5, verse number 14. He said, this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, we know that he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, then we know that we have the petition that we have asked of him. So, can we say, I know you always hear me? Well, the only way you can say that is if you know that what you ask is always in line with what he said. Jesus said, I only do what I see my father do. I only say what I hear from my father. So that's why Jesus could say, I know you always hear me. But how can we say that if we just say everything floats through our mind? How can we say, Father, I know you always hear me? You know, the Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 3, talk about Samuel, it says that God established Samuel as a prophet but it said that, that God was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground. None of them. None of his words. Wow. What if God let none of your words fall to the ground? Some of you might be in trouble. You know. That guy that just cut you off in traffic, he's dead right on the spot because of what you said. See, God let none of your words fall to the ground, so he just died right there. You know, some of you say some pretty horrible things about people. What if God let none of your words fall to the ground? Hmm. Do you think it might be a good thing that he doesn't let you go on to perfection? Though you think it might be a good thing that he does not allow you, that he, he stops you so that you don't begin to function in the powers of the age to come? Because you haven't got the love thing right? Because you're speaking hatred, and you're speaking divisions, and you're speaking strife, and you're speaking, you know, envy, and you're speaking all this kind of stuff, and you're mad at this person, and you're, and they're, you know, and, 
and, and that person and because they didn't do this and they didn't do that and it's, your, it's their fault because, you know, and you're talking all this kind of stuff. You think it might be the mercy of God that you do not get everything you say? Because if you did, you might be in jail. Because of some stuff that you spoke into existence. Do you want to go on to perfection? Do you want to progress uh, until we can uh, function in the powers of the age to come? Do you want to get there? Do you want to go to that place? Do you want to have that functioning in your life? Well, you can't just pick and choose and say, I want this thing to come to pass, but not that. And, and, and but well, Lord, you know I didn't really mean that. Do you want God to back up everything you say? I'm telling you, there's a place you can go. There is a place you can go where you can function and walk like Jesus walked. But you've got to want to go there enough that you'll change what you're doing and change what you're saying. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Do you want to go there? Some of you do. Some of you not sure. Some of you don't believe a thing I said. But it's the truth. It's God's word. And it is, and, and you say, well, where's the good news? And the good news is you can go there. there. There's the gospel. There's the good news. We're preaching the gospel here this morning. We're not preaching doom and gloom. We're preaching the gospel because there is a place in God you can go to if you want to go there. If you want to be reckless with your words, you can't go there. If you want to be hateful with your tongue, you can't go there. If you want to spout doubt and unbelief all the time, you can't go there. You can't have it both ways. You got to stop saying things God didn't say. Some of that is about yourself. Some of you say things about yourself that God didn't say about you. But we're not just, you know, we're, we're talking about that you begin to function in a way that you can say, I thank you, Father, that you hear me always. And that, that you can say, I thank you, Father, that whatever I ask you for, you'll give me. Praise God. Praise God. The words of your mouth. See, here's the thing. Ephesians 4 verse 14 says that we should no longer be children. That sounds like grow up, doesn't it? We should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine 
by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things unto him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together. Now, can you be joined and knit together if you're stirring up division? They're opposites. You can't have it both ways. If you're stirring up division, you can't be joined and knit together. And then he says, by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Now, I, I'm going to close with this, with this idea here. The Lord told me a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago probably, um, this passage of scripture came to my heart, and he said, look this up. So I went and looked it up. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 1, says, Now the Spirit expressly, the Spirit speaketh expressly. Now I'm reading this from the King James Version because it, it, it's a better translation of this than the New King James, which I normally read from. It says, now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Now, notice this. He mentions seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And he says that many depart from the faith because they are listening to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Now, let me tell you how to recognize a seducing spirit. Go to Proverbs. There's four chapters in Proverbs, specifically chapter 5 and chapter 7. It talks about an immoral woman there, and it says that he calls her a seductress, therefore seducing spirits. And if we read about how this woman functions, she stands on the street corners, and she calls out to the simple, is what it says. She calls out to the simple, come with me, come with me, and she leads them to her bedchamber. And there in her bedchamber, she has got everything all ready for him. And she is, she's bringing him in there. See, what, but what does she start by doing? By calling, by luring. Saying, Come with me. Come with me. Come with me. And so what is she doing? She is luring him away from where he belongs. She's luring him away from the place where he belongs. The seducing spirit functions the same way. The seducing spirit is saying, come with me. Come with me. Let's go over here. There's a better pastor down the street. Come with me. 
Let's go over here. Well, there's a prophet in the land over here. You need to be sitting under this prophet over here because, you know, well, the people in your church are just, you know, they're, they're, they, don't, they don't care about you. The people in your church, well, they're all uh, hypocrites, and the people in your church are all this. So come with me, come with me, and begins to lure you away. The seducing spirit, it says he's speaking lies in hypocrisy. So what is he doing? He's trying to get you to start judging all the people around you and to see that, well, I'm, I'm better than that. I don't, you know, this person, and, and what in reality, the reason it says in hypocrisy is because he is seducing you to do the very thing you're accusing them of doing. Now, but the end of it is to destroy you. And that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. You see, the seducing spirit, he doesn't even care where you go. He just wants you to go somewhere other than where God planted you. Just somewhere. Doesn't matter where, as long as it's not where God planted you. Because if he can do that, and what does he do? He begins to bring in offenses. He begins to bring in divisions. He begins to, you know, begins to point these things out to you to draw you away. Now, notice here. How do you recognize this? You recognize it. It's, it's words. It's words. He, Paul said to the Ephesians, he said, when, when you grow up, he said, you won't be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Every wind of doctrine. Well, there, there are people that chase around after new winds of doctrine all the time. Words. Always looking for a, for a new doctor, something I'm not getting at my church. Trickery of men. He said, these seducing spirits, they, they seduce you. He said, but Paul says, I don't want you to be children because children are fallen prey to the trickery of men. And then he says, a cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. That's words. That's words. When you start hearing divisive words, that's what's happening. You can identify when a seducing spirit is in operation because you start hearing divisive words. Some word that wants to make me mad at somebody else. Then he says, but here's what we ought to be speaking. The truth in love. Because when we do that, then we begin to grow up. Then, he says, the body, instead of being divided, the body begins to be joined and knit together. Why? Because every joint is supplying what joins and knits the body together. Encouraging words. Blessing words, faith-filled words, edifying, that's good. 
And then it causes growth of the body. So once growth gets started, growth begins to perpetuate itself. Praise God. Once the growth starts, then growth continues. Praise God. So God's calling us to grow up. He's calling us to put a check on this right here. What's going on? Put a check on what we're hearing. Are we giving heed to these seducing spirits and doctrines of devils? Or are we speaking truth in love and edifying and building up and encouraging and strengthening the, the body? Praise God. The, the seducing spirit wants you to think something else is better than what you have. Always. Always. The immoral woman, she wants the simple to believe that being with her is much more fulfilling than being with your wife. See? Very plain and simple. Praise God. I want you right now, I want you to bring down the lights. I want you to lift your hand. And, and I, I, I want you to say this if you, if you mean it. I want you to say it if, if you believe it to be true or if you want it to be true for you. Not, not if it's something, you know, if you didn't like anything I said today, you probably don't want to say what I'm about to ask you to say. So that's all right. Just be, just be quiet. But let me just say this, and, and I want you to repeat this after me. Say, Father, I'm ready to grow up. I want to grow up. I'm tired of being childish. I want to go on to maturity. I want to move on into the powers of the age to come. I'm willing to change the way I talk so that I start talking like Jesus talked. So that I can confidently say, you hear me always. So that I can be like Samuel, that you let none of my words fall to the ground. I choose today to be a, to, to perpetuate love and good works. I choose to put away lying, deceitful things. I choose to put away from me things that stir up envy and strife and division. I put it away from me. I will not participate in that any longer. You foul, seducing spirit, you are wasting your time on me. 
because I'm going on to perfection. And I thank you, Father, that you're taking our church somewhere. We choose to go on to perfection. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for your word that brings correction. For you said that you correct me because you love me. So I receive your correction today. In Jesus' name. Mm. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Wow. Wow. Mm. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Some of you here this morning that you just hit a major breakthrough in your life. I don't know what you've got planned for a final song, but can, can we do something just, I mean, you still get back to that, but can we just do something right now? I just sense that we need to just, just pick up an acoustic guitar and just do something very soft and very worshipful, because I believe God's, God's still speaking, still speaking to some people this morning. I want you to listen to what he's saying. Listen to what he's saying. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. You listen to and receive what he's saying to you this morning. There's going to be breakthroughs. Some of you run up against a wall.
I want to invite you this morning. Just feel like we need to do this. If you received the word that I shared with you today, you've made a decision. I don't care what anybody else does. I'm going on to maturity. If that's you, I want you to. I, I want to ask you to just come down to the front right here. And I'm going on to maturity whether anybody else goes or not. I'm going. Praise God. I'm going. Doesn't matter what anybody else does, anybody else has done, it makes no difference whatsoever. I'm going. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, I want you to feel free. I want you to feel free to go to one another and pray with one another right now. Just as the Spirit of God leads you and directs you to do so. I want you to feel free to do that. Mingle among the crowd here this morning. Praise God. Feel free to go and pray with one another today. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
Every 
God Almighty reigns. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For the Lord God Almighty If I missed anyone this morning, it was unintentional. Please wave at me. I'll come to where you are. Praise God. If I missed anyone, just uh, Albert, Tony, if you guys will help me look and see if I missed anyone. Anybody waving this morning? I want to give people an opportunity right now to accept Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. Whether you're in the room or whether you're watching online, we can never have a service and not do this. Because this is the most important decision that you can ever make in your life. To choose Jesus. To choose to put your trust in Him for your salvation. 
right now, if you will repeat this after me, and if you mean what you're saying, then according to God's word, you will be saved. Because God's word says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So let's pray this together right now. And if you mean this, according to God's word, you will be saved. Say, Father, God in heaven, right now, I put my trust in Jesus for my salvation. But he died on a cross for me, paid for all of my sins, and then you raised him from the dead so I could have new life. Today I choose Jesus as my Savior. I receive the gift of eternal life right now. Thank you for saving me. Amen. Thank you once again for joining us today online. We value you and we want to hear from you. If you made a decision for Christ today, you can select I Choose Jesus on our website. And we've got a couple videos for you to watch so that you can get started on your walk with God. We've also got a free ebook that you can download right from our website called I Choose Jesus. And I want to encourage you to do that. Once again, thank you for joining us and remember that God is madly in love with you.